the happiest of Octobers, my vamps and ghouls. Thank you so much for stopping by and making Paranormal Prowlers podcast part of your day. Those spooktacular tunes, as always, are courtesy of the amazing Bobby Mackey, and I'm your host, Tessa Morrow. So, as you folks probably know, I've been in the search for killer Halloween tales for my spine-tingling bonus episode that will be released on Halloween. I've asked several people, and one of those amazing people is my very good friend, Annie Weibel, better known as Weebs. You've heard from her before in the past on my radio show and the podcast itself. And she had quite a spooky tale to share, and it actually ended up being a full episode's worth. So that's what you are going to be hearing today. But before we dig six feet into that amazingly phenomenal discussion, I just want to let people know that when it comes to the Halloween episode, it doesn't have to be a true account that happened to you. Maybe somebody told you about something long ago and you remembered it. It can be a scary legend that you grew up hearing all about. Urban legend tripping. A paranormal investigation. Maybe you're in law enforcement and you saw something that you just simply could not explain while on duty. Haunted history that you want to share. You get the idea. And also for the shy people, I think I've said this before, but you can either record and I can change your voice and keep you anonymous, or you can write your story down and I can read it as I did that in the past. I just request that I get these things in by October 26th. That would be awesome. With that being said, my ghouls. Annie Weebs Weibel is a paranormal investigator, a podcaster, a social media host, and vlogger from the heart of Appalachia. As host of Serial Spirits podcast, she has spent more than a decade immersed in the worlds of paranormal and true crime, searching for the truth in all mysteries. That's why I love this gal. We are so much alike. We love the spirits and the ghosts and the paranormal and supernatural and then, you know, in true crime and it just, yeah, we, every single time we talk, it ends up being for hours and we still have more to talk about. It's just that, oh, we got to (laughs) go. Always have a blast talking with her and you're going to see why in our discussion. Annie Weibel, the Weebs, thank you so much for being on. It's always just so much fun talking with you. Like, we could talk forever, and it's just like, you know, we could, it could be months without talking on the phone, and it's just kind of like right where we left off. <laughs> it's always my pleasure. I'm always glad just to talk to you, and, you know, even more so to tell you stories. Uh, it's October, you know, we're reliving all of our freaky experiences right now, and so, yeah, it's the honor is mine. I'm, I'm just glad to be talking to you today. Oh, thanks, Weeps. Yeah, it's just, it's, October is my favorite time of year. I say this every year, but I always have to repeat myself because it's just, it's amazing. It's my favorite time of year. I actually just went on Amazon and bought, like, a shitload of pumpkin spice coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if we get nothing else out of October, it's pumpkin spice coffee, but no. Dare them. <laughs> I know, exactly. 
October, all things spooky. So we want to hear about, you've been to Lake Shawnee a huge amount of times, and you, I mean, it's just, seems like a phenomenal place. Talk to the people, what exactly is Lake Shawnee? What's the history behind this amazing location? So Lake Shawnee, if you're looking at it as really a a paranormal investigator or just an outsider, really is not much to look at in present day. If you were to drive by this location, you might even miss it. Mm. But it has become one of my favorite and most profound places that we have visited in the paranormal. It's in a small town called Rockland, Virginia. And really all that remains of Lake Shawnee right now is the small lake and two of the very old amusement park rides. Mm-hmm. There are the original old metal swing and an old Ferris wheel that both of them are so grown over with ivy. You don't even know that you're passing it unless you know what you're looking for. Wow. But it's really what lies below the surface of Lake Shawnee that makes it such a profound paranormal location that the earth has come but literally people from all around the world have come to visit Lake Shawnee, especially in the past 10 years, since it really started to get some attention on uh, different TV shows, paranormal teams started visiting there. We had the experience, we had the chance to go back in 2016 for the first time and investigate it. But to understand what Lake Shawnee is today, you really have to go back and look at the history and look at what is literally and metaphorically buried there to understand what goes on behind this haunting. And so the history of Lake Shawnee is recorded back to the late 1700s. When the first English settlers, the Mitchell Clay family, settled on this property, now, so they were the first English settlers, and that's because the property had been settled before by members of the Shawnee Native American tribe. This was a big area for Native American tribes. It ran along the river, so it was already very heavily settled. It started this skirmish between the English settlers and the Native Americans who had already been there. And in 1783, Mitchell Clay left his family on a hunting expedition. And when he came back, he found several of his family members, including his children, dead. Oh, my God. Two of the children's bodies were there on the property, and they immediately knew that it had been members of the tribe that they had been fighting with who had committed this crime. And so they go in search of the members of the tribe and also in search of one of his sons, Ezekiel, who was missing. They soon find Ezekiel. He had been burned at the stake, burned alive. Oh, my and God. So they took Ezekiel's body home with them, and all three of those children are still buried on the grounds of Lake Shawnee. Now, there's a modern-day grave marker on the far end of the property that names two of the children. Ezekiel is the one in question because they're not sure where on the property that he's buried. But it was recorded at one point that all three of those children were brought back to the lake and buried. So let's skip ahead uh, a couple of, uh, uh, more than 100 years and into the 1920s. So like I said, this is Southern West Virginia, and Southern West Virginia at this point is known for its coal mining industry. There was a huge influx of coal miners and their families who came to live in 
to us and she said, listen, you're welcome to come down here and spend the night, but bring your tent and your cot because you're going to be sleeping outside. Wow. And so we went. Yeah, we went fully prepared. Like I said, this was unlike any type of, of paranormal investigation <laughs> that we had ever done yeah. before. Ever. I bet. And so I took members of my team down there called Paranormal, and we had a couple of other very experienced uh, investigators going down with us. And also some friends who were, they wanted to do almost like an historical documentary about the place. They were interested in the paranormal aspect, but it was more to shoot the site of Lake Shawnee, and in the background, they were going to kind of talk about the paranormal experiences as well. And it was that very night, 2016, that I had the most profound paranormal experience that I've ever had. Literally, the holy grail, the full-bodied apparition <laughs> that not only I saw, one of my friends saw too, that changed everything that, any way that we saw the paranormal, everything was different from that moment on. And it was just, it, it was insane. Oh, wow. Well, you got me intrigued now. So are you able to talk a little bit about that? Like, what exactly happened there? So we were there. Chris met us on the property that day and gave us a really nice historical tour. And then at the end of the historical tour, he did kind of follow up with some of their own paranormal experiences. We had the opportunity to meet Chris's mom that day, who had had many experiences on the property as well. And it was just a really nice day. The weather was perfect. But as things, as it started to get dark, kind of the feeling amongst everybody came. And I really didn't know if it was more almost this anxiety of being outdoors for the night. You're open in the elements. It was just a lot of just the feeling changed, the energy changed. And so we put up our tents, we got everything ready for the night, we built our fire, and we're just sitting there talking, waiting for it to get dark, talking about where we're going to put our cameras, what kind of angles we're going to set up. And the first inclination that we got that something was wrong was through one of our uh, investigators, her name is Laura. Laura is a very experienced investigator, and as it started to get dark, and we started talking about going out to begin investigating. She got really ill. Mm. And to the point of, she just said, guys, I don't know what it is, but something doesn't feel right. And she was like, I'm going to go look down. I really don't feel like investigating mm. right now. Laura didn't investigate that night. Oh, and wow. it became very clear the next morning after she called me why. And so our equipment, there was one single power source that ran to the Lake Shawnee property, and so we were running all of our extension cords for our cameras to this, this one power source. We underestimated the amount of time that it would take us to set up all these cameras, and so it's almost dark as we are setting up the last camera in this open field that Chris called the creepy field. Chris said that when he gave uh, tours before that people had reported being touched, feeling like somebody walked up on them really quickly, and so he just said people in general got a very odd feeling from that area. Mm. I was there with one of the guys from the film crew, Lonnie, and we were setting up this very last camera. And so as we're setting up the last camera, you kind of have to understand the way that Lake Shawnee was set up. It's, it's this property out in the middle of nowhere, and there is one two-lane highway that runs the length of the property in a distance. It's curving, it's narrow, it's dark at night, there are no there are no lights out there anywhere. And so I have my back facing the road, and Lonnie is facing towards it. And we are mid-conversation when Lonnie stops dead in his tracks, and he goes, where the hell did that guy come from? Oh, jeez. And so I, I turned to look, and where there had been nobody 20 seconds earlier, there was now a man. <laughs> this man was tall and thin. He was wearing light-colored clothing. He 
distance, I could tell that the guy had his arms crossed over his chest, and his head was kind of tucked down at his chin. And my only comment to Lonnie was, oh my God, this guy's going to get hit on this road. He's going to get hit by a car. Like, what is he doing out here? Yeah. It doesn't even occur to us to think, we were both watching that road 20, 30 seconds before, and you can see in both directions that there was nobody there. So we continue to watch this guy, and as he's walking, and literally as the words come out of my mouth, he's going to get hit by a car, a car appears on the far end of the road. Oh, shit. And they, this car speeds up behind this man, and the headlights of this car totally illuminate this figure. We can see him just, it, it was a real person to us. Yeah.
to the investigation. But yeah. Where do you go from that? It, right. it was just, as we did continue to have experiences through the night, um, another one of the girls who was with us late in the evening got sick much in the same way that Laura had earlier. Oh, wow. And so it, it was very odd, just the timing of all of it. Yeah. But what really got us was the next morning. Nobody slept well. Several of the people who were with us uh, said they had nightmares while they were asleep there. And again, you're like you said, you're out in the open. Yeah. All these thoughts cross your mind. But we got up the next morning, and we had a camera pointed toward the swing where the little girl died in the accident. Now, this camera, so that the battery did not drain, we had plugged an extension cord into it and ran it directly to the power source. So as we get up the next morning and we start moving around and collecting all of our gear, one of the guys who was also with the film crew, not a paranormal investigator, came up and said, Um, who unplugged the camera? That was on the screen. Oh, no. And we were all like, nobody touched the camera. And, you know, this is the first that we're looking at it. And he said, Yeah, so the camera's dead. The battery's totally dead. And it's been unplugged after they used the camera. And I'm like, you're lying to me. I got to look at it. And so we go over there and we look at it. And sure enough, it had been the power source running to the camera had been fully unplugged. Uh, and the cord was lying in the distance. Oh, jeez. So you know what? I call that annoying evidence. I hate when things like that happen. Yeah, it's paranormal, but oh, God, it's like, that's the worst kind of evidence. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> It was the worst. Uh, so once we were able to charge the battery, we went back to look at the what happened on video right before it died. And it was at some point around 4 o'clock in the morning. And all you hear is you don't see anything, but you hear this interference with the camera. Mm. Uh, it, it, it's just like an audible interference and it just shuts off. So was that part of the battery just dying? Maybe. Was that some type of uh, an electrical spike that caused it to have this audible interference? We don't know. But that was, like you said, that was one of the annoying pieces of evidence we got because then we didn't capture anything else with the swing for the rest of the late night and early morning. I Uh, did that Lake Shawnee multiple times since then. Yeah. We've gone alone. We've gone with other groups of people. I've had the opportunity to uh, go with there's a guy, the the rock and roll paranormal ghost hunter, Keith Age. I don't know if you've ever met Keith, but Keith is like one of the grandfathers of the paranormal field. Keith went up there with us. I've investigated with Cat Lindbergh. I've been up there to do some shows with the Travel Channel, and it's like every time I go, we have things happen. Even in the middle of one of the shoots for the Travel Channel, something happened that had happened to another of our members, our group members before. Lake Shawnee always rears its ugly head like that, and it's just the most bizarre haunting ever. Right. No, it sounds like it, and... I just absolutely adore locations like that where kind of like this, like the movies, your favorite movies, you can watch them over and over and over again. You're going to still laugh. You're still going to jump. You're still going to have fun. They don't get old. And same with those locations. There's some locations that you can just go to. You're always going to get different types of evidence. It's never like, oh, God, this place again, you know? <laughs> like you said, like these places... Yeah, they have, like, their, like, quirks, their personalities, they come to life, they gift you with EVPs, and just so many different things that me and you as investigators, we look for, and, oh, I'm sorry, my aunt would correct me going, you and her, (laughs) okay, okay, I'm sorry, paranormal investigators like you and I, (laughs) you and I, no, and, and that's, been a different type of activity when we've been there. The 
Hands and, and things with the hair. <laughs> and so 
shadow figure walking along the road. What? No way. I wow. We have bills right now as I'm even talking. Oh my life. God. Shay and I watched <laughs> the, the episode the day after it came out, and I looked at him and I was like, I can't believe that just happened. Wow. That is, it is the most amazing verification, but also I cannot believe that that happened. It was just, it was so bizarre. Right. And so I was so glad I had the opportunity to do Portals to Hell because it just verified and solidified anything that I have ever experienced at Lake Shawnee. It was just an incredible, an incredible journey. Oh, that is so awesome. And yeah, I'll have to see if there's a way I could watch that episode online because it seems like really worth watching. Too bad you couldn't have been there that night during that night investigation, too. If I had known that it was Michelle coming in, I almost would have asked to stay. Yeah. But I also know that Michelle wants to come in and do things totally blind, and I didn't want to influence Michelle in any way. And yeah. so I even, I, I didn't even send a, a text or a Facebook message to say, you know, leaving you an energy hug. I started to, and I was like, no, I, I don't want to say anything. Yeah. I don't want to give anything away about where I am. Right. Because when Michelle goes in, she's literally blindfolded. So I, I hesitated to do that, and I did not. But it would have been absolutely incredible. Yeah. To, to watch Michelle do their work. Oh, my God. I, that would have been so awesome, like, experiencing what you experienced, and then all of a sudden, on the TV, see them experiencing that same shadow. Like, I mean, I know your guys' was a full-blown apparition, but, I mean, still, to be on the road like that, it's like, it kind of makes you wonder, okay, was this person connected to, like, Shawnee, or did maybe, maybe in the past, long ago, he was, uh, like, somebody was killed on the road? Like, just kind of makes your brain are go you like, huh? Oh, are you are you still there? Yeah. Oh, you need to roll back to about ten seconds ago and listen to your footage because something just cut in and I am buggered in chills right now. What happened? What happened? It was your audio just became super distorted and something cut in just for a hot second and literally I'm covered in chills. I don't know what just happened, but that was weird. Oh, that is so crazy. I didn't, yeah, I was just, like, talking away, just saying it makes you wonder who, like, if somebody died on that road, you know, like, if a man. Oh, my God. Well, if it, if it was, I, literally, that's bizarre. Roll it back to just, a, <laughs> like, literally when I said that about 10 seconds prior and see if anything yeah. or anything but it because it's yeah. weird. No, I've gotten EVPs before while recording with people, so during my editing process, I won't edit that part out, this part that you told me. But yeah. That is crazy. Oh, my God. That's, wow. Yes, I'm still here, and apparently someone else is here, too. <laughs> that was really, really freaking weird. But, oh, yeah, wow. I mean, that, that's the kind of stuff, like, literally you talk about, like, honey, and that is, wow, it's so, it's so weird. I would love to take you there. And just camp there again for another night and just, just feel the energy. It's not negative. At yeah. All. It's no. just, it feels very watchful. You just, you understand very clearly that you are in a place that is not yours. Right. And and I, I think that was what I was trying to convey to, to everybody when we were there doing Marvel Hell. Right. That it, it, this is not your area. Yeah. Well, somebody else's turf, and so just tread lightly with it. Right. And I love that you said that because, seriously, that's what I do, too. Like, every location I go to, whether it's an asylum or a cemetery or a sanitarium, I always go with the utmost respect. I don't provoke. I know this is not my area, and I know, you know, the, the spirits are there, and I don't want to offend or provoke or disrespect anybody or anything. And so, like you said, just tread lightly. I was actually just doing, writing an episode about Hollydale Asylum, which is in Downey, California. And a lot of the times I like to try to find experiences that people share online. 
has there was probably like 50 experiences where people were like oh yeah and of course every single person was trespassing it's a don't right. enter kind of thing and they're like oh yeah there's cops around but i was able to go under the fence and so i i always tell people that gives us as being legit paranormal investigators a bad name we're not all like that and i don't consider the people that do that because there's ways to go around it like you know like you 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 communicate with the owner you get this friendship going and yeah now you can go whenever and yeah when i'm back in north carolina i would love to meet up with you grab a tent go investigate there i mean seriously it feels like because of covid i have not investigated nearly as much as i wanted to and covid's been weird for everybody but especially weird for you because at the very beginning of covid you guys had a baby we did and so literally we didn't investigate from august of 2019 because i was very pregnant yeah until august of this year oh my god
wow, that is wild. Yeah, that both your phones at different times. And see, that's another episode that I have not watched. I've I've seen you before on the like you said on the Travel Channel, but yeah, I would love to see you on those other on those two shows as well because yeah, it sounds really interesting for sure. And yeah, I'll see if I can find you some links to it and, and, and send both of them to you because they were they were a lot of fun to do. Yeah, no, I bet it sounds like it, and it's kind of like I've talked throughout the years. I've talked with people who've been on different shows before and they're like oh yeah like you know they over exaggerate everything and try to make it scarier or they like change things and so it's neat when it's like actually like no it was just like you know sharing what we experienced and they didn't over exaggerate or change anything yeah no I, I honestly none of the shows that I've ever done with Travel Channel and I think I've done four and five now have ever over exaggerated like that it's always just been tell us your experience have a blast with that gal. Big shout out to Annie Weibel for taking time out of that busy schedule of hers and sharing such an eerie location. Full-bodied apparitions. You know, we don't get to see them very often. A lot of people investigate for years and don't see them. I, like Weebs, have had the pleasure of seeing them and it's, you can't explain it. It's like you have to be there. You have to see it with your own eyes and it's just like when you do, it is absolutely phenomenally mind-blowing. It's like, oh my god, did I just see that? And yes, you did. So Lake Shawnee is definitely on my list of places to go to. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Yes! Listen to the others, you guys. They're equally phenomenal. Haven't heard every single one yet? No need to cry. You can listen to them all. Really, you can. Just head on over to any of those podcast platforms, such as Radio Public, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, CastBox, Overcast, wherever you may roam to hear your other spooky podcasts. You'll probably find Paranormal Prowess podcasts lurking in the background. This week's special city shoutouts go to Charlotte, North Carolina. Via Maria, Argentina, Anna Cordes, Washington, Ballinger, Texas, and Tulare, California. 
Thank you so much, you guys. Obviously, it's super appreciated. Do you want to be a voiceover in a future episode? Have a local haunt you want to see on here sometime. Email me at the new short and improved email at paraprowl at gmail.com. Don't forget to stop by, check out the newest episode released every single Monday, and we will see you next week.